Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Long time coming, you know, you know. Um, spent a lot of spent a lot of years in this league, and and have loved every minute of it. I, um, you know, I feel blessed to be able to play in this league for as long as I have. Um, but I sure am happy for this opportunity for not only myself, but really so many guys in that locker room that deserve this too. So, then um, that's what it is. It's an opportunity, you know, to go out there and win another one. I don't know that I ever, you know, thought about, you know, what I would be feeling at this moment. Other, you know, I probably just. Sat there and just wished I could be in those in those games, and uh, I'm so happy that I've got the opportunity to be in them, and I'm going to have an opportunity to be in another one that uh, I've always wanted to play in. Um, I don't know. I just I'm excited for these guys and, and looking forward for the opportunity. The poor Detroit Lions. I feel so bad for Lions fans. I'm sure plenty of them are excited that Matthew Stafford, who was their quarterback from 2009 through 2020, has found success somewhere else. But they had him for 12 years, and they, they, they couldn't win a playoff game. I saw a stat yesterday. Breaks it down perfectly. 0-3 in his career in the postseason with the Lions. 3-0 and in one year in the postseason with the Rams. And that's what happens when you have a great coach. You got great talent. You got an organization that's doing everything they can to win. That 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 that's what happens. And you throw in a quarterback who, yeah, there was some question marks. Even yesterday, even yesterday, there was some question marks. He was starting to look like late regular season Matthew Stafford at times yesterday. But legacy's on the line in the fourth quarter. Chris down ten points. Rams find a way to get it done. Yeah, I mean the Rams. To me, they you know dispelled you know two myths or things that we were. You know, wondering about yesterday about the Rams football team, the final two questions we had to have answered. You know, the, and the first one, you know, was the, the toughness of their team. Can they stop the 49ers in their run game? And Shanahan, and how do you stop Aaron Donald as you run at him? And this is why the 49ers have won six straight against this football team. They have that aspect 
Oh, the Rams, the front, those dudes, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Ashawn Robinson, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. I mean, they said enough, enough. I mean, they, they said no more 49ers run game. They put the game on Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, which we saw was Strugglesville on the offensive side of the ball. And then that 49ers defense, which is absolutely phenomenal. You're right. But the other part was, oh, no. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. The Rams won this game because of the toughness of their front seven on defense and because of Matthew Stafford. Period. They didn't really have much of a run game to talk about, and they had to play a 49ers defense, which was probably the best in football. It's top three, as we know. I think I'd probably take it over just about anybody out there. With that pass rush, everything they did, and it came down to, oh, man, we need Matthew Stafford to make plays and win this football game for us. And also, we need Cooper Cup and OBJ to do it along with them. And they all delivered. Their stars once again delivered. But more importantly, Matthew Stafford. And I just hope this opens up everybody's eyes once again, too. It's more than just the quarterback. We know the quarterback is special. You need a team, though. You need a team to show what the how special the quarterback and what he's capable of. And here he is to what you were saying, all the Detroit things, has a team around him for the first year ever, and he goes to the Super Bowl. The, the first year ever, he's got a complete team. He goes to the Super Bowl. And everybody's crapped on him. I hope everybody sends apologies to his Twitter handle for all the jerks who were mean to him all the years trying to hold him accountable for the Lions' failures. So I'm so happy for him to see that and the Rams and what they did. That was an unbelievable win. It was gutsy. And he got the crap beat out of him Yes, he did. Right. He, he, he took early on, and kudos to Fred Big Warner, hits. the 49ers linebacker, after the game. He admitted that it was a bad hit on Matthew Stafford after that interception. One of the 49ers defensive players screened off Stafford from chasing down Jimmy Ward. And then Fred Warner comes in out of nowhere. Watch 54 come in after the pick on the carom. Fred Warner comes in and just flattens Matthew Stafford. I don't think we have it in that yeah, shot. Yeah, it's not in this. It's here we don't we have go. it in that shot. I mean, how is that flattens not him. called? There it is. Jumps Boom. up and hits him in the Unbelievable. head. I mean, of all the things they call all year referees, that's the one you don't call? That's where it's, it's, it's that's mind-boggling. But yes, to your to your you know your point and and yes, thanks for bringing that up. I mean Stafford again. That's another thing that he's been great his whole career, standing in there being tough. Took a beating yesterday. Took a beating. No run game and made plays that we didn't see Aaron Rodgers make the week before. You know, threw the ball into tight windows where you go, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers do that. I mean, he made some unbelievable plays. And, I mean, here's him under pressure again, too. You know, I think the thing is, yesterday, you're right. Did he dodge a bullet with Jaquaski Tart intercepting the pass down the middle? Sure. All right. Well, I can go through a lot of games in the history and go, look, this quarterback played great, but, man, he dodged a bullet here late in the game. Eli Manning threw one to Insante Samuel's chest before he threw a touchdown to Plaxico Burris. You know, Joe Montana threw a pick right in the Bengals' safety's chest right before he threw a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. There's your Joukowsky Tart dropped interception. Mistake, but what do we always say with these mics? You see these type of plays where the defense makes a mistake. What happened after this? Oh, boom, 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 and Stafford made them pay. You don't give a guy like that another chance, and that was a big moment in the football game, but didn't affect Stafford. He, he went pushed right through it made some big throws right after it. It was a big moment, and Tart after the game, I was so impressed with his willingness to embrace it, to own it. He said, 
when the ball was in the air, I thought he effed up, and he said the word. I thought he effed up. We're going to win the game right here. Now, look, there was 9.55 left in the game. The Rams were down by three. I don't know that the game was no, over. No, definitely I, not. I think, right. I, think it, I think it would have been difficult for the Rams to win it in regulation. Maybe their best play at that point would have been to force a tie and head to overtime. It would not have been the dagger like the Asante Samuel pick would yes, have been. Yes, right, right. Uh, in Super Bowl 42, but it was huge. And and Tart said, those are moments of truth, and I failed in my moment of truth. I mean, it really was amazing to see the poise, the candor, uh, and no excuse-making. I mean, he owned yeah. me hey, all week long. I dropped everything. I, I caught everything that came my way. That was my moment of truth, and I failed. And, again, I don't want him to think. And, and the other 49ers players – did a great job of saying this isn't on him, this isn't on him. They still had chances after that to win the game and to avoid losing the game in regulation. So, uh, Tart, but that's one of those moments that, that's going to echo for years with 49ers fans because it felt like that was the moment that Stafford was doing the Matthew Stafford thing that we see from time to time. You know, just, just that, that, that just thing that can pop up out of the blue. We didn't see it in either of the first two playoff games, but we saw it multiple times yesterday but he still fought through it and Chris the way he got banged around I mean he had a bandage on his elbow because it was bleeding yeah, all over the place in the right, first half right he had something he's got something on his hand that yeah. was all sorts of red and blue and black and purple and right. it was bleeding and 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 I mean he got crushed after one play and he limped off the field I I I, I made the observation on Twitter he's going to have more ice bags than Ben Roethlisberger by the time this game's over. I mean, he, yeah. he was just – he was beat to hell, and he never – that's the way he's always been, though. It we is never always. noticed it because he's playing for right. a team. A hundred percent. It's on prime time like once every three years. Right. He always gets the crap beat out of him and never says a word about it, never acts like he's more injured than he is. Yeah. If anything, they hide his injuries. Right. Um, uh, amazing and, and unappreciated because he played for a team that – that we never really got to fully appreciate everything he can do. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Everybody, I think, finally, hopefully, is getting to see what the guy is capable of. He is. He's Texas tough. You could say what you want. I mean, he's he's played with broken fingers and, what, broken back and issues there where he's sucked it up and gone through it. I mean, he's, he's a baller, and let alone – you know, again, what you saw last night, it wasn't always pretty because that's a great defense they tore up and, and had made some plays on. But, I mean, again, some of the throws he made were eye-popping in that game. They're, they're eye-popping throws. I mean, the throw to the right corner to Cooper Cup for the touchdown, the throw right after he almost threw the interception to Kwaski Tart. What a clutch throw down the left sideline. Odell Beckham Jr., boom, tight window. Odell, how about him? Knowing somebody's about to headhunt him, catches the ball. I mean, Jimmy Ward launches into him with the crown of his helmet. They get like 30-something yards on one play after that dropped interception. Just a huge momentum swing right there to where then they tie the football game. And I think ultimately within Stafford, his play, his composure, what he did for the football team and the offensive side, because come on, it was him, Cooper Cup, and OBJ. They carried the squad on that side. And then the defense, you know, ultimately finally getting the 49ers into a game where you can't just run on us at will. You're going to have to beat us with Jimmy Garoppolo. And as we saw there, that's the thing we always worried about with the 49ers. Hadn't happened in the playoffs, but it finally did to where 
He had to make the plays. He had to make the throws. It wasn't going to be Shanahan coming up with trick, you know, Debo Samuel touchdown passes and reverses. And, you know, even again last night, one of their biggest plays was a screen play. He was going to have to make plays. It was that type of game. And one team had the quarterback that could make plays and the other one didn't. There was a level of physicality from the Rams defense Definitely. that we haven't seen against the 49ers. Yep. And we said last week that's what they would need to do. Clog those running lanes, go all out to slow down Debo Samuel and force Jimmy Garoppolo to beat them. Let me go back to Stafford, though, because it was one year to the day after the unofficial agreement between the Lions and the Rams that sent Matthew Stafford once the league year began in the middle of March from Detroit to Los Angeles. Jared Goff, obviously, from the Rams to the Lions, along with two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Here's Sean McVay on the one-year anniversary of that unofficial deal, praising his new quarterback. We went out and got him because we thought it was a chance to be able to get a great player of his magnitude. Those things don't come around often. What he's done, he's elevated everybody around him. He's made me a better coach. He's made his teammates better. He's such a great person. I think you guys know from getting a chance to interact with him, if you don't root for this guy, something's wrong with you. And, um, you know, he's a great competitor. I think we saw that each of the last – we've seen that really throughout the whole season, but I think it's really been on, uh, on display these last couple weeks. We talk about competitive greatness all the time. Being your best when your best was required. He embodied comp- competitive greatness today. Love Matthew Stafford. Remember when this all went down last year and then the 49ers were ping-ponging around through quarterback options? Remember the, the, the notion that this deal happened like before anybody could realize it was going to happen and yeah. try to get involved right. and keep it from happening. Like maybe the 49ers would have wanted yeah. Matthew Stafford. Oh, I think that's and what documented. A difference. They tried to get what, in what, on what, it. What a difference. What a difference the season would have been yeah. for the 49ers if they had Matthew Stafford. And, and look, nothing against Jimmy look Garoppolo. And I know there's, there's now going to be this narrative that, oh, Jimmy's a warrior and Jimmy's this. And, hey, he's a nice guy. Look, there's plenty of nice guys that aren't good enough to be high-end quarterbacks in the NFL. He's a nice guy who plays through injury, who doesn't have the physical skills and abilities and clutchness that Matthew Stafford has or plenty of other quarterbacks have to be a great NFL quarterback. I mean, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, plain and simple. And uh, Stafford is a guy who just keeps going, gets it done, and has done it quietly for so long, he just gets overlooked. And he's not going to be overlooked the next two weeks. Chris. No, he's not. And it's one of the – And uh, again, Mike, you know me. It's a lot – I've made him, you know, top ten in my quarterback rankings a bunch of years. And people always, you know, oh, my gosh, you're an idiot. You they had him at three the first three. time we did it together. Right. I mean, there was a number of years where I've, I've always had him around the top eight or nine. He's one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. He's tough. You know, again – the culture you're around, it's hard to overcome some of those things at times. He never had somebody to kind of teach him how to be a winner, manage football games, you know, when to step on the gas, when not to. I think all those things had to be learned a little bit this year. It was a different process. So there were some bumpy roads, certainly. But, I mean, again, some of these throws, like this throw here, the touchdown to the right corner, I mean, that's, that's like high level. High-level play, perfect throw, on the money, 49ers defense, I mean, talent, and then creativity. D'Amico Ryans, I mean, that's another guy, going to be a head coach here soon, what he does on that side of the ball. But, Mike, what I think I'm more impressed than anything is, like, you look at these throws, high degree of difficulty, on the money, but then also to overcome 
you know, not only being down 17-7, but throwing an interception on the first drive of the game as you drive down the football field and you're down inside the 10-yard line. Overcomes that, tried to jam a ball into a tight window. I'm sure the whole country was going, oh, Matthew Stafford time, here we go. And really, other than the Jaquasi Tart dropped interception, never made a mistake the rest of the football game. Every time they needed a big moment or a big play, he delivered in that moment. That's what's unbelievable. And then two, you know, I, like like anti the Kansas City Chiefs, Mike, you know, there's a team, they dominated the first half too. They dominated the first half and went in to halftime down 10-7. I mean, what could they have been saying to themselves? We just kicked the crap out of that team and we're down by three points. And again, to hang in there and battle, and you look at these plays and throws, third and nine, you know, some of these throws, I mean, there's, there's no wiggle room for, you know, being off target here. It's just one on the money throw after another. It really was a great performance by him. And just the Rams showing their toughness as a football team, really, really special performance. Both teams that won yesterday were down double digits in the second half. How about these two stats from Nick Wagner of ESPN? First, as it relates to the Rams, going into yesterday's game, they were 1-23 and when trailing by double digits in the second half under Sean McVay. They are now 2-23, and and both of the victories came in NFC Championship games. That's amazing. So when it matters most, Sean McVay finds a way to dig out of the hole. The other stat, over the past three seasons, the 49ers are 3-2 and when they lead by 10 or more points in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. The rest of the league is 23-0 and when leading by 10 points or more in the fourth quarter. And, of course, the 49ers' losses were Super Bowl 54 and yesterday. Second time in three years, 49ers playoff run, 49ers championship run comes crashing down with double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's something they got to address. You know, I know that's something, you know, whether it's Shanahan managing the game a little bit better. I think ultimately a lot of those times what it comes down to and what that stat screams to me is the problem with the 49ers. I mean, again, the problem with the fact that this is why they've tr- drafted a quarterback at number three in the draft last year. It's why they tried to get every quarterback under the sun that was available last offseason. They tried to get in on the Stafford stuff. It was too late. It was kind of a baked-in deal with the Rams. Deshaun Watson tried to get in on that a little bit. You know, we know Aaron Rodgers. There was, you know, of course, those conversations. There was plenty of who to draft, you know. What are they going to do? Is it Trey Lance? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? I mean, this is why they've been in this conversation because they look at themselves and go, damn, our team is a Super Bowl team. But we don't have a quarterback that's top 20 in football. Or if he is, he's right around top 20. He's somewhere between 15 and 22, somewhere like that. It's hard to win Super Bowls or be in it consistently. And they blow those leads or can't do it because it's, it's oh, wait, we're up by 10. And we now we have to, we want to run the ball. Everybody knows we're going to do that. And we'd like a quarterback that can make a play or a throw to advance the game for us and help us, but he doesn't do that. Whether it's yesterday, whether it was the divisional game, I mean the wild card game against the Cowboys. Again, I know they won that, but it was 23-7, to Mike, and he, he did everything he could to put them back in the football game and, and blow the lead that day. So that's where they are where they are, and that's why I think that's the last time we'll see Jimmy Garoppolo in a 49ers uniform. That's it. 
Here's Kyle Shanahan, coach of the 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo after the game on Garoppolo's future with the team. Um, I mean, I, I love Jimmy. I'm not going to sit here and make a farewell statement or anything right now. It's the last stuff on my mind, but Jimmy has battled his ass off. He battled today. Uh, he did some unbelievable things today, and um, I, I love coaching Jimmy. But you've been very honest about how any of these games could be your, potentially your last one with the Niners. How much does that, those emotions seep in in a moment like this? And uh, I mean, they, they hit pretty hard in the locker room. I think uh, these next couple of days, it'll really start to settle in a little bit. You know, emotions are high after a game, win or loss. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things you got to be, you know, glad it happened. Just, you know, smile from it and think about the good things. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens in these next couple of days, weeks, whatever. But, you know, I love this team. Just the, the fight and the battle in this team throughout the entire year has been really impressive. And I love those guys. Look, teams out there looking for quarterbacks could do worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. No doubt. He's not He's not bottom five, but he's not top 15. Right. He's arguably not top 20. And it was a weird year because they did try every possible thing they could to find somebody other than Garoppolo. I think they freaked out when they made the trade from 12 to 3. I think they freaked out when they went for Trey Lance. I don't know. And I don't know that we'll ever know why we didn't see more Trey Lance this year. He played Week 17 because Garoppolo was coming off of the thumb injury he suffered against the Titans two nights before Christmas. There was not even a Trey Lance cameo at any point after that. They got away from that very early in the season using Trey Lance in any capacity. Maybe there would have been a time yesterday where you zig when they zag. You don't expect to see Trey Lance come into the game. You put him in a game like that just to give him a snap or two. Nothing. Nothing. That all went away after the first few games of the season, and it was all Jimmy Garoppolo. And, Chris, I will not be – well, nothing will completely stun me anymore after what we've seen the last two weekends <laughs> in the NFL. But, you know, is there a way that the dominoes fall, that the 49ers just say, screw it, let's keep Jimmy G for one more year and give Trey Lance another year to seize? And I'm, I'm just starting to wonder what they think they have in Lance – and whether or not they think he will be ready to go next year if they trade or release Jimmy Garoppolo. It's an interesting question, for sure. I mean, it is. I have a hard time thinking that it won't be Trey Lance next year. I do. And again, I mean, all your questions, I think, are really valid. I've wondered the same thing. Like, why didn't we see more of them? You know, we talked about, a, you know, we heard you know, Shanahan and he talked about like the package you might use them in all, you know, training camp. And that never really happened. I think ultimately, Mike, what, what happened is they realized it was not good for their football team for this year. I think it was upsetting the locker room. I think we got enough signals there to know that the locker room liked Jimmy G. I think we also got enough signals to know that, hey, Trey Lance, it's really raw. It is raw. And I don't think they wanted to throw him out there anymore, knowing that, you know, again, we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know if he's ready for prime time yet. And they want their shiny new toy to look really good because of all the assets they traded to acquire it. But I think all in all, I think, again, from what they traded, you know, how controversial the pick was, the excitement I think the 49er fan base has for Trey Lance, the fact that, they did try so hard to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo this whole offseason or this past offseason. Uh, I, I have a hard time thinking it won't be Trey Lance and that arrow will start next year. Uh, I think you'll see that.
The only reason I have pause when yeah. we talk about that is I was convinced Garoppolo wouldn't be on the team week one. It just didn't make any sense. It defied logic that they would give up so much for Trey Lance, continue to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $25 million a year, and create an opportunity where, and I know it would have been the proverbial good problem to have, they get to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, and they necessarily put themselves in a situation where they have to keep him for next year, the final year of his contract, and put Trey Lance on the bench for two seasons after everything you've invested to go get him. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. There's a lot of affection within that organization for Jimmy Garoppolo. There is, that's for sure. And and, and so, you know, uh, how do you bridge from Garoppolo to Lance? And and look, this is a topic for another day, but, but, We know how creative they are when it comes to thinking about their quarterback options. Would it be so nutty to think that Kyle Shanahan would look at the looming availability of Aaron Rodgers? Not that the Packers would be inclined to trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers, but you know what? If Rodgers decides that's the only team he wants to play for, what are the Packers going to do? But uh, the bridge becomes Rodgers for two years, then Lance after that. Then Lance will have sat three years just like Rodgers did to start his career. But if they could get Rodgers, how could they say no to that if they could get Rodgers? I, I don't think that's going to happen because, first of all, where do they come up with their trade assets? That, that would be the thing the I Packers. would look at. Right. That would, you'd, have to, you'd have to dangle Nick Bosa, I think, to try to get Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think they can pull it off after everything they gave up to get Trey Lance. But it's a tough spot. It's a tough call. And even though they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, and I, you know, yeah, they, the fact they didn't make it makes it easier to pivot from Garoppolo to Lance. Yeah, sure. And everyone's going to assume they're going to. I'm I'm just I'm not ready to say with 100% certainty it's going to happen because I thought it was going to happen last year and it didn't. Yeah, I know. I I think that this is the perfect time though. This is. I mean, it it showed itself here again. You know, even in the playoffs, they they won two games and it wasn't because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that that's for sure. You know, solid football, but I mean, again, come on, bad interceptions in Green Bay. Special teams won the game. You know. Uh, playing in Dallas, defense was awesome. You know, ran the ball well, did all of that. He played solid, but of course we know, missed some plays at the end of that football game that could have sealed the deal and ended it. Let them hang around through a bad interception. That to me, I mean, it, it's all there. I think the time is now. And within Trey Lance again too. You know, they're going to look at it and go, yeah, you know, of course he's not the seasoned vet Jimmy Garoppolo is, but. You know, he's got a, a skill set that is certainly dangerous or more dangerous than Jimmy Garoppolo if they can kind of hone it in. We saw that week 17. He plays. They won the football game, him starting. That was impressive. You know, they he, he started a game in Arizona earlier this year where, you know, again, he hurt his knee a little bit and took some big shots but gave them a chance to win the game. They lost 17-14. So I think there's going to be enough there to go, wait, the talent, the assets which we traded to get the guy, what we know about Jimmy G, I, I think this is a coaching staff, a team that's going to look at it and go, well, why can't we get right back here next year with a guy like Trey Lance? Why can't I develop him and get into a spot to where you know we could play him and I can bring quarterback design run stuff into play and all of that as well. So I, I think the time is now, and uh, I think we will see Trey Lance. Here's the last thing I'll say about Jimmy Garoppolo. He must be one hell of a nice guy because, look – Football, especially at the highest level, is the ultimate, you got to get it done or you're taking a seat game. And he clearly doesn't get it done in the big moments. He does it just well enough in the not big moments to keep going. But 
the, you know, that that ruthless, blind, dispassionate, you're not good enough. Sorry, sorry, you're not good enough. Somebody else is going to do it. That that has evaded him, other than the trade, obviously, but the, just the idea that they've stuck with him yeah. and that there's even a discussion to be had. Oh, do they, do they love him enough to give him one more year? I remember Jed York talking about the development of Trey Lance in the offseason, saying, hey, if we invest $50 million in developing Trey Lance by keeping Jimmy Garoppolo for two more years, so be it. So I just I, – I, I, I've, I've learned – not to expect I hear you I hear you and they they, they do they do really love the guy and they do you know I I don't know where he's gonna land if he's not in San Francisco but uh you know he's gonna get a shot somewhere yes he's not the worst quarterback in the NFL I think if all else fails Pittsburgh is where we'll see Jimmy Garoppolo and he'd be an upgrade over Mason Rudolph that's for damn sure a hundred percent there I'll agree with you it's just too many of these moments I think ultimately that's what you look at you go these kind of moments here where you just go what how could you have played that much football and done that? Shuffle pass, shovel pass, a pass like that. Go ahead. What do you want to say? Well, well, I, you, you reminded me of something I wanted to say earlier. Yeah. I, at some point, that last drive, that last drive, okay, you're yeah. down three. You put it in Jimmy's hands. Right. right? I, I, I tweeted before that drive began, here's the game plan for the final drive. Debo, Kittle, Debo, Kittle, Debo, Debo, Kittle. They were not involved at all in that last drive. How do you not get the ball if you're Kyle Shanahan into your two best ass-kicking, run over you, set the tone, boost the team, kickstart that final drive? How do you not get it in their hands in that on that last drive, Chris? Well, I, you know, again, I, I, it, it's not always you know it's easier said than done. Nobody hand get- it off to Debo. First and ten. Hand it off to Debo. Well, and let him I do know his they thing. have one timeout left. They got a ton of time. You know, they got a ton of field to go. So there's there is that aspect too to where again we don't want to run the ball up the middle and what get two yards in that moment and then we get twenty seconds go off the clock for two yards. That's where you know again I'm not going to fault Shanahan for that. Nobody gets their stars the ball more in, in in big moments than Shanahan. To me again it goes into the little bit of the quarterback too. I'll be able to give you more answers tomorrow or Wednesday when I watch the film. A little bit to see but I know I can speak to hey there's two quarterbacks in this football game one of them was 11 for 18 on third down with a pass rush bearing down on his butt all game long and he just kept hitting bullseyes and bullseyes and bullseyes whether they were covered or not he was throwing a bullseye in there and then there was another quarterback who was three for nine and shaky in those situations and doesn't always hit the bullseye there and of course made a crucial mistake right there again I'd never like to boil it down to the quarterback or anything like that you know me I'm usually hey team 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 and we see the Rams are both of these teams are really good football teams no doubt about it but it was a game and where it shook out to where it just really exemplified here's one team that can't run the ball oh and their quarterback's going to make plays okay so their quarterback's making plays they can't run the ball defense is playing good here's another team where you know can't really run the ball either defense is playing good but the quarterback can't make any plays either. And now it's the offensive coordinator, Shanahan, that's got to come up with all these great plays and, you know, awesome perfect screen pass to Debo Samuel to run for 44 yards and a touchdown. And to me, that's where there's just too much pressure on Shanahan and the 49ers offense all the time. It's too much we need Shanahan to come up with the big play instead of every now and then can somebody, can a quarterback make a play to help Shanahan a little bit? And I think that's bit them in the butt, whether it's this year or the 
the Super Bowl loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. It was very similar that way. It was about Jimmy G. The game got put in his hands, and he can't quite deliver that way it's like we see some of the other great quarterbacks. You and I both ultimately believed in the Rams for yesterday by three points. We both got yeah, it right. right. Blind squirrels eating acorns today because great players playing great. That's yeah. what the Rams were doing in right. this postseason run. They have great players. They were playing great, and they made enough great plays yesterday to win the game in advance to the Super Bowl. Speaking of great players, is Tom Brady retiring? Uh-oh. Is he not retiring? Could he actually come back and play one more year despite those who have reported he's retiring? We'll try to make sense of it all when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines justin and so good thousands of summer deals at your nordstrom rack store save up to 60 percent on new arrivals from vince Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, I think the point is there's no really rush for me to, uh, to figure out what's next. You know, I'll know when I know. And um, it's too, it's a day after the season. So I think for all of us, you know, we can all decompress a bit. It's been six straight months of football every day consumed by, you know, day in and day out football. And I think now it's just some time to spend some time with my family and spend some time with, you know, my kids. The biggest difference now that I'm older is I have kids now too, you know, and I care about them a lot as well. You know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. You know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. You know, I'm going to spend some time with them and give them what they need because they've really been giving me what I need the last six months to do what I love to do. And, you know, I said this a few years ago, it's what relationships are all about. It's not always what I want. It's what we want as a family. And, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and, you know, figure out in the future what's, what's next. Tom Brady from one week ago on the Let's Go podcast. Here's what I think happened over the weekend. Here's my theory. Yeah. On Friday, Jason Lock and Four of CBS reported that, and it was kind of vague, kind of sketchy, but it was people in Brady's yeah. inner circle think that maybe, possibly, it could be coming soon. 
it wasn't concrete, but when I woke up Saturday morning, I saw it. Someone sent it to me, and I thought, hey, you know what? I I, I looked at it. I vetted it. It's like, yeah. I, I, I'm writing it. I'm writing it. You know why right. I'm writing it? Because Tom Brady sells. I'm sorry. We got to play the hits sometimes. And I couched it all appropriately. You know, maybe, possibly, could be. Wouldn't be surprised if he did. That kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's a story that's been ongoing, and we're trying to figure out what he's going to do. I think once that landed, and I know this sounds horribly, uh, I don't know what the word is, not humble. Once it got on PFT, that's when they, they shifted into overdrive everywhere. We got to track it down. We got to figure out what's going on. We got we to gotta break the news that Tom Brady's retiring. Look, the bat signal's out. He may be retiring soon. Let's go find it. ESPN thought they found it. ESPN reported it, and it was one of those two-name specials. Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter, although only one of them is getting dragged for what ultimately happened. And, and here's, here's yeah, what Why happens. is that? Why is only one of them getting well, dragged? <laughs> and, and, you know, we've heard the talk before, and this is where we peel back the curtain and we're honest with people about what really goes on. There's kind of a feeling in Bristol that when somebody other than Adam Schefter has a big story, they're like contractually required to weld his name onto it too, even if he didn't have anything to do with it. And if that's true... <laughs> The ultimate irony is he's the one that it's blowing up on. Yeah, right. Not right. the guy who possibly brought it to the table. And, and Chris, here's the other side of it. Shefty is so well known for the guy that gives us the news five minutes before it's going to be announced. That when I saw that story on Saturday, I assumed that within five minutes to 50 minutes, somewhere in that window... We were going to have the official announcement. Yeah, and there was sure. a TB12 social media post that kind of confirmed it. Maybe assuming the same thing the rest of us did, that if Shefty's gotten it, it's not because he's reporting something that somebody doesn't want out. He's reporting something that someone does want out, and they're handing it to him before they officially announce it because that's the way the sausage gets made. That's the other irony. The one time that he reports something, or at least his name is attached to a report, that they don't want out, it blows up in his face. He'll probably never do that again. He's going to go back to giving us all a five-minute heads up before a transaction happens. It's safer that way. So, the and that's the statement on the screen from Don Yee, Tom Brady's agent, which did nothing to shout down the news. But between the reporting that Tom Brady personally called the Buccaneers and said, I haven't made a decision, and Tom Brady's dad shouting from the mountaintops, Tom hasn't made a decision on whether or not he's going to retire. Uh, that 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 made for a very interesting Saturday and Sunday because now where it stands, nobody really knows. I still think he's going to retire. I don't think they make that push if they don't know something the rest of us don't know. But unless he changes his mind in direct response to the fact that somebody reported prematurely he's going to retire, I think he is going to retire. It seems that way. I mean, again, I don't think anybody did prematurely anything here. This, to me, just has the the the, the smell of Brady has told some people he's going to retire, and he told too many people within his own camp, and somebody talked. Somebody honestly always. Somebody seems to always talk to Jeff Darlington. He always has a story about Brady. Schefter, of course, we know has piped into Michigan and has had a lot of stories with Brady as well. To me, that's what it looks like more than anything. It looks like it totally went down where Brady's told people he's gonna, it's gonna be over. I'm gonna retire, and it got out. 
and then it started to get reported. And then I think ultimately what he looked at Brady and went, wait, wait, you know, again, I'm Tom Brady and I want to make a retirement, but I don't think Tom, I think Tom Brady is cool in the fact that he didn't want it to be this weekend. He didn't want it to take away from Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford and Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo and what they're doing. I do believe that too. And that to me is what it looks and smells like in my opinion, Mike, that that got out. He's going to go that way. You talk to people around the NFL. Most people think it's going that way. Certainly he just didn't like the timing of it. So they tried to put the toothpaste back in the toothpaste bottle like you talk about and, and here, here's the other side of it too to the extent that he doesn't want a farewell tour i already said last week logic and common sense suggest he's going to retire because well, yeah that's a really good point will be a farewell tour <laughs> right it's going to be even more of a farewell <laughs> tour now yes if he doesn't retire after the big deal that was made on right. saturday here's here's something i heard over the weekend and, and look I, Usually, this kind of I you know I don't know that it's true. It's it's kind of rattling around. Um, what may have happened? What may have happened? I don't know this for sure. But what may have happened is he may have intended the final episode of that documentary that no one's watching, presumably to his great chagrin, "Man in the Arena" or whatever it's called. In his final episode, that's when he was going to announce his retirement. In that, and and that got out. Which, which, if that's the case, if ESPN blew up his plan for this dramatic reveal on a documentary that is televised exclusively by ESPN+, Plus, that would definitely throw a wedge <laughs> in the relationship between Tom Brady and ESPN, if that's the case. And, and look, I, I say this jokingly, it would be the ultimate... Old school Italian spite move. So I would have to make Tom Brady an honorary Italian if he pulls this off. I know nothing about his 23andMe ancestry. I don't know if he has any Italian in him anywhere. But as somebody who is 95% plus Southern Italian, as documented by Ancestry.com, I will tell you this. The ultimate Italian spite move would be for Tom Brady to play for one more year just as the middle finger to ESPN and whoever leaked it for reporting it. Goes to Giselle and says, hey, Giselle, I'm sorry. I know I'm playing. I got to play one more year now. I've got, I'm sorry. I got to play one more year just to prove to these no good sons of you-know-whats that they weren't right about me. I got to play one more year. I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm but just you're saying not. he's honorary. He's honorary <laughs> Italian if he doesn't. Yeah, I. I mean, you're, so you're. This is you're just rumors here, though. You don't. You don't have anything concrete. There. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. I, no, nothing. <laughs> it's just me having fun. Yeah. There's no way. I'm just saying if he would do it, if he would be sufficiently pissed off that yeah, it got out, right. sufficiently pissed off that ESPN reported it, that he would come back and play one more year because of that. If he would play one more year for spite. That is an all-in awesome Italian boss move because I and maybe other nationalities do it too, but I know the Italians do it. No, we there are know. plenty it's of things well I've documented. done out of spite. There are plenty of things I've we done know. out of spite that I was not going to do. And playing a full year of football when you were otherwise done 
That takes the cake. That makes you the honorary Italian-American man of the year. Non-Italian Italian-American man of the year if he does it. I don't think he will. Well, it's it safe to say, I think it's safe to say he has no Italian in him, okay? I'm, I'm going to bet that. I'm willing to bet some big money that his Ancestry.com says he has zero Italian. All right, that's the first thing I'll say. But if he does pull some move like that, then we do. We'll, we'll call him like Tommy Corleone Brady if he does something like that. That would be amazing. Uh, but I, I don't know, Mike. In my heart of hearts, I, I think you're the same way as me. I feel like it's coming. I don't know if it comes later this week, maybe. Maybe it's after the Super Bowl. But all signs point towards Brady's going to retire. It's it's done. And what a, and if it is, what a cool way to go out, you know, nonetheless. I know he didn't win the Super Bowl, but still, at 44, the year he had, the fact that he's still throwing lasers all over the football field, if he did retire now, you don't, unlike most people who have stayed around as long as he has, we're going to go away with our lasting images of Tom Brady going, damn, they were still pretty good. He was 44, but holy crap. I mean, he still was the man and making unbelievable throws all over the place and hanging in there against a Rams team that was hitting them and beating them up. And he hung in there and brought them back and helped them, you know, make that game competitive. So uh, either way, Brady's amazing. We know that. And um, we'll see where it goes. But I I think he's going to retire. On one of the many occasions when he made it clear he was going to play next year, you know, before all of a sudden he wasn't. I know, right. Uh, he, he talked about how he never wants to turn on a game and say, I can still do it. These guys suck. Well, you better not watch any football next year, Tommy, because next year especially you're going to think you could still do it. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see how the week goes. And the Let's Go podcast, I presume a new episode drops tonight. I have a feeling that oh, will be the most all the tough to questions will be asked. I'm sure <laughs> they'll they'll nail him down and corner him, and we'll get the real answers on that podcast tonight. <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great though? And and Jim, I don't mean anything. Uh, I'm not trying to be a jerk here any more than usual. Wouldn't it be great though if we get the Jim Gray interrogating Pete Rose? For tonight's uh, that would be Let's great. Go podcast. That would be. I have a feeling we won't, but it <laughs> yeah. would be great if we did. Let's take a break. <laughs> First impressions of the Super Bowl 56 matchup when PFT Live continues right after this. We, we were made for this moment. Um, we, we were stacking up downs, stopping them. I think we had like six stops, so we were just building on momentum. So we said, why not us? Uh, we do. You know, I knew, I knew, I, we, I knew he was gonna make it. And when it, when when he when it went through, I jumped up. I was like, man, we going to the Super Bowl. I feel amazing. I ain't gonna lie to you. Just trying to take it all in. You know what I mean? Uh, nah, yeah, it feel amazing. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, that's really the only word I can think of. Like, it, it feel amazing. Man, it's uh, it's surreal, man. And you know, I've been knowing this guy for a long time, man. Um, definitely put the work in on and off the field, man. And it's, uh, it's just a blessing, you know, to be here and experience it with your teammates. And of course, man, your real brothers, man. It's, you know, it's so surreal, man. It's, uh, all I can do is say, uh, you know, thank God. Von Miller with the badass cowboy hat and the Ramones t-shirt. Well done, Von Miller. Uh, man of style. Miller back. Back in the Super Bowl after Super Bowl 50 where he was the MVP, gets traded by the Broncos, and boom, there it goes. Odell Beckham Jr., the guy that they they jump. I remember remember back when Odell Beckham Jr. 
was going to be available. Remember I said watch the Rams just because that's the Rams. It's everybody. You give me a big-name player, and the Rams at some point are going to swoop in. <laughs> Seriously. And swoop in they did, and they got him, and, and he's gotten better as the year's gone on. They both have contributed, and now they're there. What's your first impression when I say Bengals, Rams, Super Bowl 56, SoFi Stadium 13 days from now. Well, I'm like, I'm a nerd first off. I think the first thing I think goes, I try to picture the field and I go, oh man, this is going to be a cool looking Super Bowl field, yellow and blue and orange and black. That's the first thing I think of. I don't know. I'm a dumb blonde, so maybe I just go simple ways, colors, okay? But the other thing I think that goes right away is, I mean, how can you not look at it and go offensive firepower? Holy crap. I mean, holy crap. You're talking about Stafford and Cooper Cup and OBJ, you know, Van Jefferson, hopefully he's healthy, versus Burrow and Jamar Chase. You know, we got LSU generational talent receivers facing off against each other. Burrow, a quarterback from LSU. And then, of course, with Higgins and Boyd and Mixon to add to that. You know, again, I just think we look at here the, the playoffs. The one thing that stood out, you know, we always talk about Jimmys and Joes and the X's and O's. I mean, these two teams, they got a little bit of both. But, man, they got some real difference makers on the offensive side of the ball, especially, you know, the Rams maybe a few more on the defensive side. But I, I just – I. I I have a hard time thinking that this won't be a fun, exciting football game. You know, again, I probably sit here favoring the Rams as of right now, but would think we're going to get a lot of big-time, exciting plays on the offensive side of the ball. You make a great point, though. I mean, look, we know that the Super Bowl looks different; it feels different, and there are indelible images that come out of it. And just for starters. The Rams are the home team, literally. Last year, the Buccaneers were the road team in their home stadium. This year, the Rams are the home team, and they're the home team. So I assume they're, you know, they got all those different uniform combinations. They get to choose. I hope they don't wear the dirty dishwater uniforms. I hope they stick with the blue, blue shirt and yellow, right? And, and the yellow, yep. like they wore, you know, in their in their heyday of right. the late '90s, the greatest showoffs on turf. And so. We'll likely see Bengals. I assume we're going to go white on white again. The I only thing so. that makes white on white better is if they would have an alternate helmet that was white with the black stripes. That would be awesome. They can't do it, obviously. I know. But that it would, would be, be awesome. awesome. It would. The that- Bengals are the home team? The Bengals are the home team. So the Bengals are f- now. Tell me, the Bengals are the home team. Yeah. Bec- so the the Bucks were the home team last year. Yeah, the Bucks were the home team and chose to wear well, the white, white jersey. Remember, ah. they chose to because they lost at home ah. in the red jersey okay. in the regular season. Ah. So that was their change. Oh, that's up. bad news. That's bad news because we may see the dishwater uniforms, the dirty dishwater Rams uniforms. I hope whatever you do, Rams, don't don't wear don't wear. The dirty dishwater. I'm fine. I'm fine with the Bengals going black on black. Right. Black on do black on black. Let's do it. Let's do it. Maybe I'm. You look like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. But please, no dirty dishwater from the Rams. I beg you, Rams, don't wear those uniforms. Don't. Don't do it. White shirt. (laughs) Yellow pants. Yellow that's pants what they need or blue to do. pants, something yeah. like that. Yeah, they could wear either one, and maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe they, they do have a thing of all yellow. Maybe they can they wear an all yellow? That would be kind of cool too. But uh, I don't know. Either way, this is going to be a fun one. It should be. You know, I think about the offensive firepower, the weapons. You know, one of the things we didn't really talk about because we hit so many different angles. Hey, Burrow, you know, their offensive line, it wasn't great yesterday, but it was better than the Titans football game to where Burrow had a chance and, of course, could escape and make a few plays there but man now we're back to whoa 
this group you got to play this week. Wow. I mean, now, so, you know, it's the Titans who get sacked nine times. It's a little better against the Chiefs, but it was still dicey, and the quarterback made a lot of plays to get out of some dicey situations. And now you got one more test if you're Joe Burrow and that offense and that offensive line to go, okay, wait, if we got to win the Super Bowl, we got to block these freak show guys down here. I mean that that's where it's going to be interesting too. It is. I mean it's 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 an all-star defensive line we know for the Rams. It's a Bengals offensive line that's just average. Um, but you know we don't know. We know that the Bengals can do a little bit of everything on offense and have a vast and, and awesome playbook. It'll be interesting to see what they do to attack this Rams defense. Hey, it may be a Joe Mixon day. Run game. Yeah, they might have to. Out of the pass rush. Effective yesterday. You saw Burrow get sacked nine times against the Titans and uh, the Rams pass rushers a little bit better than the Titans, even though Jeffrey Simmons is looking pretty damn good. All right, the Rams open as four-point favorites with an over-under of 50. That's not really a surprise to me. That really isn't. And and I think the the, the line may even creep in More the Rams' direction. The Ram. I wouldn't be shocked, this is, this right? It's going to play into the Bengals' hands every game. Even though Joe Burrow says, I don't want to think of us as the underdog, that's that extra little kick where, you know, we, we, we can rally around the idea that no one thinks we're going to win. And uh, if the Rams let them hang around, just like the Chiefs did, the Bengals can take it. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, again, with that firepower, the way Lou, Lou Anarumo is coaching the defense, the curveballs he's had for every game so far, Oh, again, I'm certainly not counting them out. Yeah, I mean, again, like we talked about, yeah, I favor the Rams. You know, I think you look at them and you go, their offense, you know, they got some guys that have been here, done that, and really ultimately probably have a few more playmakers on the defensive side of the ball than the Bengals. But the Bengals, as we know, on the defensive side of the ball are not chopped liver. I mean, Trey Hendrickson and company, they can get some strip sack fumbles and cause some issues. You know, we've seen them get some interceptions on that side of the ball, whether it's Jesse Bates or Von Bell or whoever else. So uh, that's where it'll be really cool. But you know what else is really cool, Mike? This is what I got to give you. I got to – is PointsBet, all right? Everybody should download the PointsBet app. And PointsBet has a great sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners. Yes, my podcast, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, all right? Please. Why are you talking about it here? Yeah, because I'm supposed to, okay? And this, we're going to use this for a podcast later, and that's what my bosses are telling me to do. All right, so sign up for unbuttoned listeners for the final game of the NFL season. Download the PointsBet app and use code UNBUTTON to sign up. Bet $1 on any NFL game and get $125 in free bets if a point is scored. $1, any point scored, $125 free. I mean, come on. Don't just bet this football season. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Boom. That's how you do a read right there. Wow. wow. <laughs> maybe maybe one of these days I'll be cool enough to have a points bet deal. Maybe I have to get a haircut like yours. Uh, yep. But yeah, you do. In fact, I'm if you they it. called me and they said, actually, if you cut your hair like mine, they'll call you and give you a deal. So do it. Go no ahead. Thanks. I dare you. No thanks. You chicken. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. Let's take a break. Guess you don't like money. The then. Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders have an. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh yeah, you do like money. The Las Vegas Raiders have a new head coach. <laughs> Your general manager. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. <laughs> Dave Ziegler, the new general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders, which was the precursor, the harbinger, the sign of what was to come because there is no Ziegler without Josh McDaniels, and that was the next shoe to drop. McDaniels, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, not, not, not really 
a surprise. I don't know if it's final yet. It was pointed in that direction. I don't know if there's been an announcement, but you know, barring something even more unforeseen than Josh McDaniels stiff-arming the Colts four years ago, he's going to be the coach. Ziggler, the GM, the Patriot way migrates to Las Vegas, Chris. Yeah, I like it. I do. I mean, again, I think you're taking a risk if you're the Raiders by kind of blowing up what they have there as far as the coaching staff, certainly. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked that, uh, about that a little bit. But Ziggler, a guy, again, that's been very high up within that Patriots organization, and again, understands what to do as far as the process and building a football team. I think that's where front office people are really of value in the NFL as far as coming from New England. I know we've seen a few fail, but I think we've seen a lot succeed too because they know how to put the right process forward. And then you add that into a guy that, hey, I view as one of the great offensive minds we've seen in football over the last 15 years. And Josh McDaniels, uh, it just seems like the timing was right for him to make the move. And I look at the Raiders, you know, what they have there. They got some work to do with the roster, but have a quarterback that can understand an offense and how to execute an offense, you know, the way Josh McDaniels would like it to be, that, that all lines up. I think it's a great hire by the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I really do. And I think those are two outstanding qualified individuals for the job. And McDaniels will see, as the Raiders always do at home, the Broncos, the team that he coached more than a decade ago, and the Patriots and the Colts, the team he jilted four years ago. All three teams coming to Las Vegas next year. (laughs) It's amazing. Raiders players tweeting out their appreciation of Rich Passaccia, the interim coach who uh, helped Las Vegas become the first team in 50 years to make it to the playoffs following a midseason coaching change. Passaccia expected to become the special teams coordinator with Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis. It, it's it's a shame because I thought Basaccia did enough to deserve right. a year or two. What what this tells me is, and, and we know this stuff happens, it tells me that at some point Mark Davis decided he's going to get Josh McDaniels, period. Doesn't matter what Basaccia does. Short of getting to a Super Bowl, I'm going to get Josh McDaniels, and he made it happen. Yeah, well, it's it's a formula we we know a lot of owners you know got their eye on right now. The you know the the young offensive genius type of guy, and I think McDaniel's again, the pedigree, what he's come from in New England. I know you've heard me talk about it a little before. I know people are going to go, well, what, you know, what happened in Denver? You know, there were some issues there in the Denver Broncos organization that we've talked about that I don't think were were great for Josh McDaniel's in that setup. Did he make mistakes? Surely, there's no doubt. But I, I really look at this guy as far as Josh McDaniel's as being at least in in my knowledge when I was in New England. You know, of course, knowing people there, he's the closest thing to Belichick as far as all the coaches and thinking the the most like him. And that's where I think he can be really special. He really understands the full program. And unlike his Denver job the first time around where he got total power and got to make all the personnel decisions, I think it was too much for a guy that was a first-time head coach. It was overwhelming. And like we talk, like I, you heard me talk about, there was financial issues with the Broncos. That led to lesser than free agent signings and things of that nature. So uh, I think with all that into account and now the fact that he can just coach the team and he's got somebody he can trust in Ziggler to get the right pieces and, and form the team the right way, I, I think it's a match made in heaven. I, I would really be shocked if this doesn't work out and go in the right direction for the Raiders. Week one started quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or the field? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with one of those three for sure. I'm going to go with Derek Carr, though. I am. 
again, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, why the what? Why would you want to go to the Raiders right now? What is what says right now they're ready? It, you know, again, it's just not enough there to me to think that. And I think the, with the same thing with Brady, I'd go, and he ain't coming back for one year with that team. Offensive line questions, defense got, you know, no star players. So I think you'll see Derek Carr, and he deserves to be the head coach of the Raiders. I think Rodgers wouldn't go to the Raiders for the same reason. He's not going to go to Tampa Bay. You don't want to have apples-to-apples apples comparisons between Brady and Rodgers. Like, oh, hey, McDaniels and Brady work well, but McDaniels just couldn't do it with Rodgers. I, just like, I hear you. you. Know, Brady, Brady, Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Rodgers couldn't even get there. I, I don't think he's going to want either of those pathways. All right, let's take a break. We'll hear from Joe Burrow after the break on his choice of outfits. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. You know, quick audible here. We talked earlier about Joe Burrow's attire, specifically his chain. Will Jim Harbaugh's attire be changing from the maize and blue to purple and gold or aqua and orange? All of a sudden and out of nowhere. And look, Harbaugh had been trying. He doesn't have an agent per se. He'd been trying to get his name into the mix, Chris, with some of these vacancies. Yeah, and nobody bit. Right. Saturday, the Vikings bit. Saturday with new GM. Quizia Dofo Mensa, who spent two years with Harbaugh in San Francisco, and and the fact that the new GM who spent time with Harbaugh in San Francisco would be willing to have him interviewed by the Vikings cuts against the narrative that Harbaugh is some horrible person that no one can deal with, although we know he's he's intense and he's quirky and he can be goofy at times. The, the idea that it was him versus the front office, that I don't if, if it was, there's one guy in the front office who liked him enough to say, let's, let's talk to him about sure. coaching the Vikings. Then, once that bubbles up, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins and a huge Michigan benefactor who has already said, I'm not going to be the person to hire Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. There are reports out there that if he's leaving anyway, yeah, if he's going anyway, right. I'm going to go try to get him. I, I know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, listen, I would love if he went to your Vikings. Then I could root against them so hard every week. This will be amazing. And then you could deal with having to talk about your favorite coach, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, good luck with those interviews. <laughs> That'll go good. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's he's a good coach. He knows how to organize. His teams play tough. There's no doubt. I'm not going to hate on that aspect. He's also supposed to be an offensive coach. His offenses stink, you know. And <laughs> the new GM in Minnesota, you know, yeah, when he was with San Francisco, I doubt he really had to deal with Harbaugh on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's what I would say to the Vikings, too. Like, buyer beware there's a reason nobody wants to deal with the guy after three or four years so again I don't know what to say there I'm not shocked that we're in this conversation but uh, he certainly wouldn't be leading my list I know that and I think the concern is they've just gone from an in-your-face critical aggressive coach you know teams like to go the other way yeah we to go to an in-your-face more aggressive coach right yes yeah, that'll yeah, be good yeah. right yeah tell your dad I well, said hey. hi <laughs> you want to win a Super Bowl, you don't. 44-19-1, he took a 6-10 and 10 yep, team that's to the right. of the Super Bowl and to the Super Bowl the next year. Fascinating, and fascinating if that's his path to Miami, if Stephen Ross will decide to go ahead and hire him and uh, bring him down there. But between the AFC and the NFC right now, based on what we've seen this season, the path to the Super Bowl is a little bit easier if you go to the NFC. We'll take a break. More PFT Live right after this.
And then can you tell us a little bit about your, your, your chain there? Oh, you like that one? Yeah. I would not. There's no story to it. It's just, uh, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought about this one. This is probably my favorite uh, outfit of the year. Um, yeah, I was excited about this one. It's got rock, the rock vibes. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that for sure. Joe, Joe, being a good reporter, I've got to ask about the jewels. Are they real? And what are they? And did you sense an opening at the end of the first half when the Chiefs didn't get at least three points? They were definitely real. I think <laughs> I make too much money to have fake ones, so, you know, these are real. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sorry, what was the second question? <laughs> hey, Chad Ochocinco, best advice ever. Don't get real diamonds. Everybody assumes they're real. Don't get real diamond earrings. Get fake ones. They're a lot cheaper. Everybody thinks they're real. If you lose them, no crab. big deal. Go see, get I'm others. That they look fake. You can see fake ones and you see it. Ochocinco's wrong. He's got some good things, but All he's right. wrong about that one. Sorry, Ocho. We're out of time. <laughs> Have a great day. See, see you ya. tomorrow morning. <laughs> Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.